0: Welcome to our series on Colombia, in which we explore the history of the country's internal armed conflict. In this podcast, we hear from Marta Luz Samorocho de Huerta. Marta lost one son in the Club Nogal bombing, which left another son badly injured. During the peace talks between the Santos government and the FARC, she was a member of one of the victims' delegations. Marta talks to us down the line from Bogotá about working for peace and reconciliation and learning to
1: forgive. Soy Marta Luz Amorochó de Ujüeta.
0: My name is Marta Luz Amorochó de Ujüeta. I am at home in Bogotá and I am telling you the story of our experience of the Club Nogal bombing by the FARC on the 7th of February 2003. I lost my youngest son, 20, And my 22-year-old son was very seriously injured in this bombing. On the 7th of February 2003, we were watching a film at home with our youngest son, Alejandro. Juan Carlos was in the club with his girlfriend. He called him to see if he wanted to have some food. Alejandro left. We live very close to the club, two blocks away. The moment Alejandro went through the door of the club, the bomb exploded, so they never met. And Alejandro died instantly. Juan Carlos was in the café that collapsed, and a beam fell on top of him. He suffered an intercranial lesion. And a month and a half later, he came home like a baby. Life had turned upside down. Going from intensive care unit to a funeral doesn't give you much time to think. But God is wonderful, and we trusted He would make things better. We committed Juan Carlos to him, and his recovery began followed by a series of miracles, I would say. People began to show up, like doctors and nurses, friends, people who had so many ideas and solutions. So we lived one day at a time. Juan Carlos' recovery was amazing. After six months in July, he went back to the university. He was going back to do his 10th semester of electronic engineering. And in August 2004, he graduated with honors, and that is a miracle. Nobody can believe how well he recovered, because, well, he couldn't walk, he couldn't control his bowels, he had no memory, and that all happened in one year. So, the 7th of February was the day of the bombing, and the 8th of March is International Women's Day. So I was at the military hospital, they call me and asked me, what happened to you? Where is your son? The other died. So tell us, what message would you give to women in Colombia today? And well, God made it clear that my words can either make or break a situation. And at the time, I decided to be positive for the sake of Alejandro and Juan Carlos. Uno no el de de it's hard to understand. The concept of being a victim is not clear to people. And in the start, when these things happened, Alejandro died, Juan Carlos was the victim because he became disabled, and I, well, I was the companion. Now I understand, and I have understood for quite some time that there are 48 million victims in this country because everything that happens affects us, all of us. But not everyone understands that concept. Also... One must learn to mourn, learn to be a victim. Because they took something from me that they are never going to give back. Do I have the right to keep on begging and begging and begging? Doing that would put an end to anyone's dignity. During the peace negotiations between the Santos government and the FARC, Marta was invited to be a member of one of the victims' delegations. I get a call on Sunday asking me to go to Cuba. So I leave on the Wednesday at 5 in the morning. I don't belong to any kind of organization. I don't belong to any party. I'm just a mother. And a mother and a victim like all the mothers in the country. I'm very worried when I leave because I don't know what I am going to say. The idea of having victims participate was so that we could learn the other side of the story and so that the perpetrators of the violence realised the effects their actions had. So, delegations were assembled to represent all the forms of victimisation and obviously el nogal is symbolic, isn't it? Another important thing was the very, very exacting care that each of the victims received. The way the organizers, the bishop, the university and the United Nations came to the victims every back and call, looked after them and helped them feel good. Likewise, they provided a space where the delegation, the one I participated in, could get together. And we all told our stories. My understanding was that we were trying to leave the country in a better state than when we found it. But that wasn't going to solve my problem. In fact, I couldn't even ask why they had bombed El Nogal, because it didn't make any sense. And then that is when I said what I said at the time, which was basically that there had been violence in our country for more than 50 years. In my case... My grandfather, Amorrocho, when he was in Socorro and just seven years old, almost 130 years ago, saw someone kill his father, his mother, and seven other people. So we must be clear about the situation and we must see the reasons why violence happens and keeps on happening and we must solve the issues so that they don't happen again. There is no other option. All the people must be present, those that experience it and those that witness it, because we're all in this together. And we must all stand up and do everything we can. The truth is essential, because without the truth, we cannot obtain justice. The environment was very welcoming. Everyone looked after one another in the attempt to build something, to... To try and make something that would work, and anyway, the intention was to find out what had happened. Because the different forms of victimization obviously have different circumstances. A kidnapping is a very difficult thing. But with murder, you know where your loved one is. You have closure. A kidnapping is constant torture until the person turns up. There was something very special about that time and it was the meaning of the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness, it sets me free. My meeting with them, the FARC, gave me the satisfaction of knowing that they took my son away from me, that they hurt my marriage and harmed my life at the time. But we are definitely better individuals today and they do not have a hold over any other part of me. I am free. There's another important part of this. When I remove myself from the situation, I can look the other person straight in the eye, and I can try to see the best in him. That is what makes us different in some way or another. And it is a gift from God. So I had just arrived back from Havana and I was invited to share my story at the conference and it was there that I was asked if I would accept a symbolic apology from an ex-far gorilla. At the time, of course, I agreed to do it and they brought a man of my son's age to meet me. And I just looked at him and I said, I thank God that Juan Carlos didn't have to go for what this man is going through. So we met. We were on the stage and there was a sofa. He was sitting in the corner like a lost puppy. And I noticed that. So I sat in the middle of the sofa. They began to introduce us to each other. The embrace was seen everywhere. And there is a video testimony of it and whatever else you want to see. But what happened between us was very valuable. At one point, he reached out his hand and I reached mine out. I don't know who takes whose hand. And we surprised ourselves. We are two human beings in a difficult situation who are actually shaking hands, supporting one another. I think the most important part of that moment, even more important than the embrace, was that this felt like there was a real connection. So the following year at another conference, I met him again. And I, I greeted him with the same warmth with which we previously said goodbye. And he couldn't believe that my greeting wasn't just because of the event, but rather that it was real that I had really opened my heart to put it one way. So we met. We greeted each other. Then I needed his testimony for some young people in the important school here in Bogotá. I got it. He came to my house, and we talked about the testimonies together. And now we work in the hospitals in the countryside that are the Pope's retreats. It is a wonderful experience. The Pope has an idea, which is that all the churches should be like field hospitals that give first aid to all the injured people, regardless of their class, condition, and this kind of thing. So the director of Victimas Visibles took the idea on board and we created the field hospitals. When the Pope came, they were shown to him. A month and a half ago, we had our first retreat and he was there, and we both gave our testimonies. However, the work that he did on personal growth meant that right now he is working on reintegrating people and giving them the support they need to turn their lives around. That is ultimately what I understand this process to be about. The transitional justice... It must be understood that it's about this kind of opportunity. It's opening that door to allow the other party to make the right choice, to build a community, to build a country, to build a life, not to destroy it. Letting it sow more pain, more anger, more... No, it's not about that. It is about giving and getting the very best out of the other, and making it more powerful. I feel that we are going through a time where people are realizing that we must do more. They choose to polarize society, but people are tired of this attitude. Maybe it is that our justice is just so tangled up. There's such a web of corruption. There are many elements to it, but I would think if there was more participation, in fact, if there was more engagement, then people seem to be grasping the fact that transitional justice is that space that allows us to start a new chapter. Now, it's just a case of implementing those laws and making things equal, isn't it? So, the person who has not told the truth has to pay for it, And then both parties begin to keep their promises to one another. I think that we have created a before and after, and I am absolutely convinced that the process of change is about to start. Of course, I understand that we've been killing each other for 500 years, so the solution isn't just going to appear within three days or half an hour or just by signing a few papers. It is a big job. But we are committed to it, and God's mercy is wonderful. We are going to get through this one. I am certain, just like I was when Juan Carlos was in the hospital, and I gave myself to God every day. I still commit myself to God every day, and I am convinced, I am certain that we are going to come through this one.
1: Sería... It would be
0: wonderful if we could begin to understand that we must stop being victims and murderers and just be Colombians. We should start with a new dialogue, with a new perspective, and we should begin to integrate with one another. And that would dignify the victims and would really be a tribute to those who have died, so that it doesn't happen again, so that there are no more victims so that we live in peace and have the peace of mind that we deserve, that future generations deserve.
1: Y que